0: This episode is brought to you by Washington Wine. Download the Map My Washington Wine app. It's Map My W-A Wine and get all the Washington Wine right in your hand. Washington Wine, this
1: is now.
2: If your food media diet is fueled by HRN, become a monthly donor today. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
0: Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Uh, I'm going to say hi to everybody. I'm Peter Reinhardt. You're on Pizza Talk, presented by Pizza Quest. And today, we're with my friend Leo Spazieri, uh, who we have referred to in an interview in uh, in an earlier issue of, uh, of Pizza Quest. If you go and see the interview, as the greatest guy you never knew. Now, that was three years ago when we did that interview, Leo. And I'll, since that time, you have, are no longer this unknown factor. You're pretty well known now in the pizza world, the pizza community, and your uh, notoriety is growing. But uh, for those people who are seeing you and meeting you for the first time maybe you could uh, kind of fill us in. tell 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 everybody your backstory and uh, and we can also refer them to the interview the written interview we did on pizza quest but but, but uh, maybe the the headlines take them through the, your journey uh, sure uh, from, so from the, from the greatest guy you never knew to the guy that everybody wants to know
1: so my name is hey. leo sprazzeri um i've um I've been in the the pizza business uh, all my life. I started at 13 years old and uh, was at a pretty historic place here in Chicago called Nancy's uh, where I started. And uh, over the years, I really built that reputation as being the Chicago pizza guy. And um, it took a long time to get that off my shoulders as just being known for Chicago pizza. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a great thing. I mean, Chicago is a great city and, um, you know, over the years I've had some incredible, uh, positions that I've held. Uh, I was the, uh, executive chef for all the Giordano's restaurants uh, in Chicago and, um, a lot of corporate chef positions at some really large chains. And that's really where my, my, uh, my focus started to get involved in, um, the the dough side of uh, of pizza um, as a corporate chef for uh, a lot of like I said multi uh, unit chains uh, it was really uh, important for me to understand consistency of doughs and uh, you know kind of what makes these uh, those different and how to kind of evolve them through multiple locations so uh, I, I really took that seriously and um, over the years I, I did a lot of training and I think that's one of the really big reasons why I decided, decided to open a school. And it was that focus on education. It really was, uh, was something that inspired me through the years. So, uh, you know, that's when I got to meet Tony Gemignani for the first time. And, um, I went to the uh, international school of pizza. I was in one of his first pizza classes. And I can actually remember when I got there, Tony made me make a Chicago pizza again, you know, like, uh, he wanted to see a, a deep dish and a stuffed pizza. And this is all pre, uh, he
0: wanted, to, he wanted to see how
1: many ideas he could steal from you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, Tony's a, Tony's a great guy. And, you know, I, 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 I tell people this all the time, but you, you mentioned like getting to a point where people start to recognize you and you get a Lot of recognition, and uh, over the years, uh, you know, it, it seemed to be that there's this kind of thing now that you know maybe it's just because of our education levels. Tony and I came out of the same school at Scuola Scu- Italiana Pizzaioli, and Can you say um, that say the name of that school again, but slowly for those who don't know about it. Sure, Scuola Italiana Pizzaioli, um, and it's the oldest pizza school in Italy, located in Venice. Um, we both trained under the headmaster, who's Graziano Bertuzzo, who's, you know, world-renowned uh, as, a, as a pizzaiolo.
0: Yeah, Tony and, mentioned him in his interview as well. Uh, it sounds like he's been a very major influence of both of your lives.
1: Yeah. And you know, the, over the, over the, I would say probably since I opened the school, I, I don't know. It's it's just a weird thing that I keep hearing. Like, you know, people mention things like, you know, like Leo and Tony, and then all of a sudden it became like uh, a competition thing. And I remind people all the time. It's like, man, you guys got to know if you're getting any knowledge out of me, you're getting a lot of stuff that came from Tony as well because Tony's really a guy that, um, you know, he, he he's the guy that took me out of Chicago. And I, I, I give him props to it all the time because until the point where I went to California and uh, and I stayed with him for about a week, and it was really one of those, like, what do you mean you've never stretched a New York style? School, so, so, just, so, yeah,
0: going back to Tony, so you, so you and, I mean, Tony, in a way, kind of also... Invited you to be part of his his uh, world pizza champions team as well, right?
1: Yeah, and again, this is going back to a time when, uh, again, Chicago style pizza wasn't even a thing. I can I can remember the first time I wanted to p- compete in uh, the international pizza challenge at Pizza Expo, and uh, I called Pizza Today, and uh, I had one of the ladies on the phone, and I'm giving her all my information and register, and she's telling me because I was making a Chicago pizza, I had to go into the non traditional category. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I got a, I was running at that time, I was running Giordano's and just the one location that I was in charge of, you know, we were doing about 1200 pizzas a day out of, right. and I'm like if this isn't traditional, I don't know what is. And that's kind of when Tony heard the story and he's like, man, I think you got a great thing. Um, I'd love to meet you. And then it was like within six months, he's got me on a plane and I'm traveling with the world pizza champions team to Salsa Maggiore, Italy and yeah. making the first, uh, Chicago stuffed pizza in a competition. Actually, I was I wasn't the first. I was the second. Um, I don't know if you guys know uh, Sean Browser and his wife Jackie. Sure. It was actually Jackie who made the first Chicago stuffed pizza the year before I did. So there's a lot of misinformation on the internet. People think I was the first, but I wasn't. I was just uh, I think made the biggest. Uh, I made a 20 inch Chicago stuffed pizza. how did it go uh, over? <laughs> it was, it, it's historic. It's a historic story. Um, I went over there and, uh, Graziano or the other guys, the oven judges went up to Graziano and like, this guy tells us that he needs 25 minutes to bake his pizza. And like they would give you like 15 minutes total to bake your pizza. Right. They're looking for like a 60 second pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Well when Graziano saw this like giant 20 inch pan, I could, I could see the chuckle and he's like, just let him go ahead. Let us, let's just see what he's going to do. And uh, I made this behemoth. I had, um, I had used grande cheese at the time. And there was uh, almost, uh, I think it was about eight pounds of mozzarella inside of that pizza. And when I brought this thing to the judges, um, I served it on appetizer plate, uh, the, the platters that we would use at Giordano's. I served each slice on that giant dish. And when I pulled this, the, the cheese pull, I literally could have stood on a 12-foot ladder and stretched that cheese to the roof. The judges were, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what this was. And literally, I came in dead last place. <laughs> but every journalist that you could have thought of, Irish, Japan, all the, all the different TV companies were all over the place. Like I was some celebrity with this music. Yeah. They would never seen it. And um, you, kind of, you kind of lost the competition, but won the war. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, you know, talking about how like Tony's always been a visionary like that, you know, and he's he's a pioneer. They call him the GOAT for a reason because of that. And I think that Tony saw something back then, uh, especially in me, that he's like, hey, you know what? This isn't just a regular guy from the streets, you know, making pizzas. Yeah this yeah. guy's got some passion for what he's doing. And, um, you know, again, my love for Tony, I, again, he's, he's like a brother to me. Yeah. And, uh, as for a lot of us in the industry. A lot of people feel that way
0: about him. Yeah, that's for sure. That's and, but uh, before we leave the Chicago thing, since, since we've got a guy here now who's kind of a, an authority on the Chicago, you know, pizza style. Uh, let me ask you about that. When, one of the things when you were over in Italy, is there any kind of precedent? Cause a lot of people ask me this and I don't know the answer. Is there a precedent in Italy for something in that, Chicago deep dish style. I think of it as like pizza rustica or something like that. And there must be some Italian version that lives somewhere in the country that it
1: refers to, or is it just a total Chicago creation? So it actually derives. So when we talk in our classes, when I do my certification course, we talk a lot about the five styles from Italy and how they immigrated to the United States. And the closest thing that I can tell you that there is a pizza that comes from Sicily. It's actually a Southern Italian pizza. More of, uh, you mentioned pizza rustica, or maybe that old, uh, the, the calzone, we call it, um, that we would eat maybe around Easter time, uh, both in Sicily and in Calabria, where my family's from. But that pizza was filled with like eggs and um, uh, different types of uh, cheeses. And I think it was the, the, the family that brought it to Chicago that um, turned it into what it is today by putting the mozzarella instead of the eggs inside. And then instead of leave, leaving the top just white or in bianco, we would call it, they put the pizza sauce on top and baked it. So in Calabria,
0: where where your roots are, what would they call a pie like that? Is there a name for it?
1: They're called exactly that—a pie. A pie. <laughs> I, I, I um, I've got a YouTube video out that's out right now that's got over a million views, and uh, it's 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 really just all over the place. And again, it's one of those things that I really I can't get away from being called that Chicago pizza guy. But if you would see some of the comments, you know, there's you know twenty thousand likes, but then there's like a thousand that are going back to the whole John Stewart thing that they hate it. Right. And the Italians. Right. The Italians tell me, like, God forbid, take this, take that Italian flag off of your yeah. uniform. You're the <laughs> <world> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. And, it, you know, and then when I respond to them in Italian, then all of a sudden they, they back off a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that's a that's a big thing. When we talk a about, lot about innovation and things in our world, just, you know, what's, what's a pizza to one person doesn't mean that that's got to be the say-all end-all because pizza really is never-ending. And, you know, talking to, to guys like John Arena, for example, who's another really close friend and a mentor to me, that's really one of his mantras throughout the years that he's always talked about that, you know, what makes your, your idea of pizza correct and what makes this guy's pizza incorrect. And that's well, one of the things I
0: love. I think that's a really good point, and we and we have talked about that quite a bit on with many people. But before I, I lose you on this one, you mentioned five styles of pizza uh, that are quote authentically Italian. What are those five styles? Well, we know
1: we know the sort of Naples style, but what, uh, but what are all five? So I'm going to tell you the, the five that I got master certified in, all right? And these are the ones that we call out all the time. So the, the, the Neapolitan, all right, uh, pizza, the pizza that comes from Naples, Italy being, let's say, the mother of all pizzas, okay? Uh-huh. Pizza Napolitana is number one, okay? And then we've got the round pizza eaten throughout the rest of Italy, which we call pizza classica, all right? Um, very different in style from the pizza that you would see in Naples. Because pizza classica is baked a little bit longer. Um, the, the edge, the cornicione is browned a little bit more. We see more types of toppings and not just, let's say, fior di latte or mozzarella di bufala on top, where you're seeing different types of mozzarella closer to, let's say, the mozzarella that we have here in the United States that's uh, dry and shredded. And that's one of the big styles, right? So those are two. So is the,
0: is the classica would that be something that we in the United States would think of as either New York
1: style or maybe American style is it closer to that that
0: sort of americana
1: Yeah we call out the let's say when you when you talk about New York pizza okay the pizza that we know today as New York style pizza I would say is the closest relative to pizza classica okay but, when we talk about pizza Napolitana and we talk about the people who immigrated from, the, uh, from Italy to the United States and settled in, um, in New York and created those first pizzas, well, that pizza, I think, is closer to maybe the coal fire style, a pizza that's baked at a lot higher temperature. Right. So thinking of like, you know, we call out um, Lombardi's as the oldest pizzeria in America. And then we know that there's uh, a bunch of others that are probably like New Haven.
0: And yeah,
1: exactly. So when we talk about those styles, I think those are the similar ones to Neapolitan. Right. But the pizza that we know today as that round edge, um, thin crust pizza, probably the closest is that pizza classica. Okay, so that's two. That's two. What are the other three? Then we've got the famous pizza intaglia, okay? Yeah, pizza yeah. intaglia is called out as coming from Sicily. And then we also have the pizza intaglia that's in Rome. So they're very two very different pan style pizzas. And the major differences are um, the amount of water and the, the maturation process to come up with the structure of those doughs. So pizza intaglia is the third one. Can you spell, is that T-A-G-L-I-O? Is that how we would Uh, Americanize it? No, that's taglio. Taglio means to cut, okay? okay. So if you were to go and have pizza in telia, okay, you would go in Rome and have a, 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 go into a pizzeria, and they would offer it to you as al taglio, meaning that it's going to be cut and then weighed out, okay? Okay. So telia is the, refers to the pan, it's the pizza pan, and it's T-E-G-L-I-A, telia. Okay. Got it. Got it. We also have another style in Rome called pizza al metro or pizza alla palla, okay? La palla is the the peel, the long peel, and al metro refers to the size, the meter long pizza. But if you go to historic places in Rome for that style, yeah. you know that like uh, the famous Campo del Fiore, right? Antica Forno, yeah. Exactly, Antico Forno, in the old center, right, um, of of Rome. That um, pizza is actually two meters long, six feet long. And it's an amazing process when you see that pizza made because they actually bunch all the dough up on a very small platform yeah, and they pull it the rest of the way to make it that size. jiggle it in, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: And I've had that and it's intoxicating, it's so good.
1: Last year, I was actually very fortunate. I was able to, uh, I was at the Fancy Food Show and I was doing a demonstration in one of the booths. And um, uh, of all people, Jim Leahy came up to me and introduced himself and said hello and blew me away, called me maestro and all that stuff. And of course, most people know Jim Leahy as the
0: originator of the New York Times uh, No Need Bread and also uh, a, a baker and pizza maker of great renown.
1: He's, a, he's an unbelievable baker, an unbelievable person. Um, I, I, he invited me to his bakery called Solomon Street the next morning, and I went over there to visit him. And um, when I went there, the first thing that he wanted to show me was his pizza a la pala. And he does his exactly the way the Campo de Fiore does, the six-footer, and I actually have a photo of me and Jim holding this six-foot pizza. Uh, it's actually just uh, they call it in bianco again, more of a focaccia-like um, yeah. dough at that stage because it didn't have any toppings, and he's uh, just an amazing, just an amazing person, uh, just a good all around guy. So the- that's uh, what number four. Let me say, we got uh, Napolitana.
0: we We got Classica. We got Intaglia. We got uh, El-
1: Alapala. Alapala, all right, and then we have the senza glutine which is the gluten-free, which is a whole nother style out there. And we call that out as being an Italian style because if you see the work that the Italians have done specifically on the gluten-free pizza, we talk about the Europeans being so far ahead of us in that game, right? They've really studied and focused on it. I could remember talking to We were talking about Tony and going out to salsa majority. I remember like maybe the second year that I was with the team and we went to the, the championships out there. Uh-huh. Um, it was the first time that the world pizza champions team was going to attempt to compete in gluten free. And I will never forget. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a, a, a story that I shouldn't, but I'll never forget. Well, that's these the kind guys, of stories we like to hear. Yeah, <laughs> these guys were. I, I was not competing in that category, but the ones that were dead, I'm not gonna mention names. Yeah, the <laughs> ones that did. I'll never forget. Just the white pasty. It's you know, it's really sticky dough, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just a mess. So <laughs> uh, I, I, it was. A, that was a perfect example. Like when you see the uh, the types of pizzas that are being made in gluten-free and the amount, the types of bread that are being made, you cannot tell if you go to Naples right now and you have a gluten-free pizza, you would not be able to tell the difference between that gluten-free pizza and a regular Neapolitan pizza baked in that wood-fired oven. They're unbelievable. Is Is there a long tradition of this style or is this a relatively new innovation for them as well? So it's it's I would say it's newer innovation and I would say that it's probably something that's really begun to get a focus over the last ten years, which is definitely farther along than we are here in the States. Interesting. But, We're getting better at it. And again, you know, this is one of the classes that I teach here at the Academy is, uh, is that gluten free. Um, I had two brothers, twin brothers from uh, from Naples actually come out last year and did a class with me who are renowned in Naples as uh, gluten free pizza makers. We made some incredible bread and we made Kaiser rolls. Out of all things to say we were gonna make with two Italian guys from Naples, uh, we made Kaiser rolls that were gluten-free. And at the end, we were opening these things up. I had about 50 people in that class. And we were doing like, you know, uh, mortadella and fresh mozzarella and everything. you want to talk about why the Italians live the way they do it. Yeah. Things like that. <laughs> you know, that that We could do a whole show, I think, on this
0: aspect because the gluten-free category is, of course, huge right now, but it's also controversial. Within the pizza world, a lot of people say, you know, they get offended if somebody says, do you offer a gluten-free pizza? And they feel that that's almost sacrilege. But you're saying, no, it's no longer considered that at all. In fact, it's there's, there's a big area opening up on that. So we've got to find out, what about... Um, Things that we think of as pizza, like focaccia and schiacciata, where do they fall
1: in the scale? Those would all go with with the pizza in right? So we've got focaccia that comes from all over Italy. You know, it could be a focaccia Genovese. It could be a focaccia Pugliese. um, Depends on where you're coming from. And, uh, you know, even those in their own styles, the focaccia is much different than the focaccia that we traditionally see here in the States. And it's becoming more evolved and it's becoming better. But if you look at those, like um, one of the things I love about doing that uh, focaccia genovese, for example, it's just that white topped um, uh, focaccia, and inside, what they do is um, they make something called a salamoya, and salamoya is a mixture of olive oil, water, and sea salt, and they beat it together to create an emulsion, and they coat and almost saturate the top of this dough with that salamoya, and when the when the dough bakes Obviously, we you know we we know what putting steam inside of an oven yeah. does to the top of a loaf. Well, it does almost the same thing to the top of that focaccia, and just creates this open, loose structure on the top, and it's gorgeous. It's, and we've seen that. done, I think Osama Nolzrit's uh,
0: TV show on Netflix, of uh, uh, what is it? salt, salt, acid, oil, whatever it is, you know, her, her show. Uh, she actually demonstrates that and, and talks about it in her book as well. And I think more people know about that now than ever knew about it because of that one that that blew up pretty big.
1: Yeah. And you know, this these are some these little techniques, these, you know, we, we call them out these these aren't secrets. These aren't tricks. These are things that have been done for, you know, a hundred years. And uh, you know, maybe we're just the first ones to be shedding some light on it here in the States. But uh, again, I think that this is what makes these styles of pizza in Italy so special? And then, you know, why I think the Italians go crazy when we bring them here and then we innovate. I'll call them them, yeah. right? We change them a little bit. And sometimes I, I get why there's that frustration. But on the other side of it, I know that we need to continue to push the envelope to create new great things. Yeah. Well, Leah, this would be a great time for us to
0: take a little bit of a break. We've covered an awful lot of ground, but we're going to come back and do a whole other show with you and continue to talk. And, I, and I'd love in the next segment for you to take us a little bit around your school. You, you mentioned the school that you've created in Chicago. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the full name of the
1: school? So uh, I'm the co founder and maestro istruttore of the North American Pizza and Culinary Academy uh, in Lyle, Illinois. We're out just can, outside When of
0: we come back, you can tell us more about that, your partner. Uh, Anthony your wife uh, uh, show us maybe if if you if the camera will move you could show us some of the great tools you have to talk about that and uh, and continue exploring sort of this world of, of pizza styles and and uh, you can tell us you know some of the classes that are even coming up, you know, at the school, we'd love to hear more about that. I'm with Leo Spaziri, our our friend, our are no longer the the great unknown, but now becoming, you know, one of the big names in the pizza world. Um, and and a lot of it has to do with the school that he's uh, created in Chicago, sharing the knowledge that he's accrued over the last thirty years in the industry. Um, we're on Pizza Talk, presented by Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt With Leo Spaziri. come back, come back and join us on the next episode. Thanks. We'll be right back with more Pizza Quest right after this break.
2: Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. You may have noticed that we have a whole new look. We also launched a new website that's going to make your listening easier and more enjoyable than ever before. HRN is the original food podcast network. And as we enter a new chapter in our 12 year history, I want to ask you to invest in HRN for the long haul. If you rely on this show to fuel your food media diet, become a monthly sustaining member today. Our members keep the voice of America's food movement alive and kicking. Your donations support this podcast along with 40 other shows on Heritage Radio Network. Your contribution helps give HRN the security we need to stay on the airwaves throughout the pandemic, and your continued support is allowing us to reopen our studio. Plus, we like to give our regular members special treatment. So sign up to become a monthly donor and get access to our secret menu. We've gathered together exclusive discounts and offers from some of your favorite food and beverage brands, so you get to enjoy insider pricing on goods that will ship right to your door. Join our community of monthly donors, and special deals will come your way throughout the summer. So can you make a gift of $5 or $10 a month? It'll show me and our whole team at HRN how much this podcast and food radio in general means to you. Become a monthly sustaining member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
0: I'm Peter Reinhardt. Welcome back to Pizza Talk presented by Pizza Quest. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Leo Spaziri, our guest today, is in Chicago, Illinois, and he's at his school. What's the name of that school again, Leo? The North American Pizza and Culinary Academy. All right. And... And uh, earlier in a previous uh, episode, Leo was telling us about his formation and training in Italy. What was the name of the, the the big school that you and Tony and others have gone where you got certified? So it's called Scuola Italiana Pizzaioli, located in uh, Venice, Venice, Italy. And I know that, Leo, you were really one of the very first, maybe you and Tony are the two first Americans ever certified by that school, right?
1: Yeah, and actually we're the only two master instructors in the United States. Yeah. Um both of our schools, uh, you know, Tony's got the International School of Pizza, and then I've got uh, the North American Pizza and Culinary Academy here in Chicago. And uh, we are the only two um, certified schools in the United States with Scoli, Italiana Pizzaioli. So that's a pretty big honor for us. Oh, so, mo- so now most any North American who wants
0: to get essentially certified in that lineage doesn't have to go to Italy. They can come right to you and get trained
1: Absolutely. there. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, there's a lot of, People teaching pizza, right? Which is an awesome thing. It's a, it's a, it's great for our industry. But the the great thing about what our schools do, uh, um, mine and, and Tony's schools, is that because Scuola Italiana Pizzaioli is actually accredited, we wear these uh, these insignias over here. Oh this, yeah. Uh, this is part of a group called SGS, and SGS uh, maintains like an ISO nine thousand one certification. And um, periodically, our schools get. Um, basically check up, you know, from, uh, from these uh, organizations to make sure that we're teaching our curriculum properly. So this is like, you know, uh, it is kind of like the gold standard when we call out, if you're serious about getting certified as a pizzaiolo or learning um, traditional methods, either the Italian methods or even the methods here from the United States in all the different styles. um, This is that like, again, this is like legit hundred percent. This is the top of the mountain and we love this.
0: And you're not just teaching the Napolitana style, you're teaching all five of the, of the classic Italian styles of pizza, correct?
1: That's right. And you know, this is actually one of the, 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 the cool things about the, the road that Tony and I have taken. Because while we're still kind of parallel in our teaching, Tony's taken the philosophy of incorporating the American styles of pizza into his certification course, where my focus is on the five styles from Italy, and then how those styles immigrated to the United States. So it's really a focus on Italian pizza, and then we can show you every style of pizza from those styles of pizza.
0: So you, so you also can show people how to make a Detroit style or a Chicago deep dish style. Any any style kind yeah. of grew out of those of those master styles. It's kind That's of like right. that, Kind of like the mother sauces of pizza.
1: It, it really is. And, you know, like, you, like you're thinking of a mother sauce, you know, and one small change in an ingredient um, will change the sauce completely. And it, do- it goes the same with our dough, you know, and talking about things like uh, high hydration doughs to very low hydration doughs like the high, uh, Chicago style, you know, and everything in between. Well, you... You have a facility
0: there that, that you've created. It's been open for, what, about three, four years now? No, and it's less than that. We're uh, a little over 18 months. Actually, July will be two years. I guess it's it's been three or four years since I heard you started to talk about it. And it takes a while to make these things happen. But I've had a chance to teach there in your school and and, uh, and love the time I was with you and got a chance
1: to see a little bit about you know how it was set up. Can you give us a little walk around and show us uh, yeah. everything that's going on there? So actually the area that I'm sitting in right now I'm in what's called the uh, the show kitchen. And when you walk in the front door, and especially when you come here to spend five days with me for the certification course, you'll see like I got the coffee bar right behind. So this is where we start every morning. And this is where a lot of the the powwows happen. A lot of like checking through your notes, uh, you know, from the night before. And all the students will actually sit around tables, drinking coffee, you know, before class and and talking about those. So this is a really cool piece because uh, even while I was in Italy uh, and we would do our classes out there, uh, every morning, that's how we would start out. We would go to the coffee bar on the corner, have the coffee, yeah. and go back. It's like see- your cafe. This fact, is like I, a little cafe. I, I'm
0: craving a cappuccino as I'm sitting here watching you. <laughs>
1: well, I'm going to actually pick this up. Hopefully, I uh, I do this all justice. All right. So I'm going to show you uh, behind me here. All right. And what you see right here, all these tables that are set up, are uh, this is our our classroom style setup where all the chairs are facing forward. Right. Normally we, uh, we would do classes that are pretty large in this area. And, um, you know, again, being that we're part of Scola, Italiana Pizzaiola, you can see right behind, me. you know, we're very proud of that, yeah. um, being part of that group. I'm going to walk you uh, around over here. And this area is actually where all our teaching happens. So the shop I remember was, doing a demo, I did a demo class in, uh, right behind that counter there. That's right. So, you know, you can see right behind me, it's a giant Island that holds a, uh, probably about uh, 20 seats right here at the island. The chef would, um, I'm going to bring this around here. The chef would uh, stand here at the cooktop, right? And uh, you know, it wouldn't be an Italian cooking school without uh, an Italian coffee pot on the stove. And uh, they would sit here and they would do their classes. And then right above here, there's a, a camera right there. And then that projects... Everything onto this screen that's right here. So no matter where you're at inside of this room, um, you've got uh, a lot of uh, visibility to what the chef instructor is doing. Uh, we've got wireless microphones in here so that you know again everybody can hear really well. And we how do many people of, can, can fit in that room? Um, we uh, we try to cap it at about sixty people when we do a private that's event a or you know a big uh, demonstration. But the the key to this, and I think that this is one of the things that a lot of uh, people when I'm doing these interviews have been asking about is how's this going to affect you post COVID, you know, and um, for us, when we do a normal class here. Um, we specifically keep those groups under about uh, 12 to 15 people. My five-day certification course, we ca- always cap that at eight people because we want to give that one-on-one experience with from you know student to instructor. People are coming here from all over the United States and a lot of times from all over the world to get in front of me to take these classes, and we want to make sure that it's not oversaturated. So actually, when we're ready to open up, you know, hopefully we've got our next five day certification course coming up in July. And um, we're going to do it just the way we've always done it, except that, you know, we'll be wearing masks. And uh,
0: and you've you've already got your social distancing thing in place since you've been doing it. Exactly. You also do get in addition to the individuals, you do get corporate uh, uh, or companies that 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 basically contract with you to bring their team in for corporate training
1: as well. Right. So uh, in my past life, I was, in, um, I was in R&D, right, research and development. Yeah. I was the dough specialist for one of the largest frozen pizza manufacturers in the United States. And um, that's really where I was able to take all of the, um, the knowledge that I had in dough making and figure out how to make these things run high speed totally different world, but it all is dough chemistry. And um, all of a sudden, all these uh, manufacturers that I was dealing with, you know, these major companies, the Nestle's of the world. And, um, you know, every, I could probably tell you that uh, almost every um, uh, manufacturer of ingredient has probably done events in here so far. And they're really looking for that experience. Number one, to train their staff um, on what the independent pizza guys are doing because it's our world the independent pizza world is really where all the trends come from and eventually you'll see those uh, those trends end up in the grocery store like, oh, like- yeah. Yeah, last year we saw the first Detroit-style pizza in the freezer case. That's you know right. how about that? So you know this is some uh, some pretty interesting things. But we've have, uh, a lot of really high-end uh, clients. Uh, a lot of them we have to keep confidential for obvious reasons. Yeah. But uh, you know my my fingers have been in a lot of those across the United States and a lot around the world, uh, even in Canada. And it's really a fun experience. Well, so the, you're in the front of the house now. Can you
0: k- give us a, uh, a peek in the back of the house?
1: Yeah, so this, uh, I'm going to bring you into the oven room. All which right. Now, uh, the oven room has been converted to uh, curbside pickup uh, uh, headquarters. It's already uh, making me envious.
0: I'm seeing all these, these wood-fired ovens and different styles and deck ovens. You've yeah, got, you got a have, whole bunch of tools
1: there. We have three wood-fired ovens here. This is an actual VPN-approved Neapolitan oven. This is from a company called Marana, which is from Verona. And this one actually has the certificate of the VPN, the Puccinello. So this is an actual Neapolitan oven. I had it custom-painted uh, the same color as the Naples soccer team. And, uh, you know, everything very traditional, even the, the pizza tools are uh, the Neapolitan pizza tools and a lot of that sort of thing. So we, we try to really give our students as close to a traditional yeah. experience as we can without them traveling to Italy. You're kind of standing in the ultra-orthodox section of your of your shop. <laughs> this uh, this oven right behind me, this is a, a rotating deck oven. Again, another Marana oven. This so, one it did
0: the, not exist in Italy a hundred years ago.
1: Yeah, but this is the one actually, this was the innovator. Marana innovated this technology in the spinning floor oven. This one actually, not only does the floor spin, but it's got this, uh, this little remote control panel right here, and uh, the whole floor actually lifts up and down so that you can change the temperature of the oven by just moving the pizzas closer to the door, I'm uh, so, sorry, to the dome. So you can dome many, the pizzas without lifting them. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God. So you can now do that's multiple nice. style pizzas in one oven. How uh, many pizzas can you do in that oven at a time? This pizza, if I'm doing 12 inch pizzas, I can do uh, probably about uh, 14, 15 pizzas. Inside so of this oven. With a
0: pretty big flow there,
1: yeah. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's nowhere, the recovery time is really non-existent because there's a burner under the floor uh, inside of this oven. So the, the floor never cools down. And then obviously, you know, this one, this is a pretty famous oven uh, buried right now. This is our Forno Bravo. Uh, this is a Napoli 140. And this oven was actually a gift uh, from Forno Bravo and all those guys. Um, when I opened the school, they, uh, they had asked me, you know, could we, can we put an oven inside the school? And I was like, man, I would love to have one of your ovens. And, um, uh, Greg Gisco, who's the, uh, the president owner of the company said, well, Leo, just let us know what we can do. And, uh, I think he regretted that afterwards because <laughs> I, um, I says, I want to do a, a tile job and, um, I, love I, wanted, to do, uh, I wanted to do pennies and, uh, my partner, Anthony, we are going to see in the kitchen. He wouldn't let me uh, send pennies to California to tile the oven. So we found this. These are three-quarter-inch circle tiles that are mirrored, and each one of these was individually hand-placed. 25,682 hand-placed tiles on that oven. That was pretty cool. That is cool. uh, This is a uh, pizza prospect here. I've got a double electric uh, deck oven. This is a gas deck oven. We just installed a combi oven over here, and the combi is great because we're besides doing a lot of great baking in the combi, we're also roasting meat and uh, doing a lot of things like that. I use it a lot for proofing as well. That's always I uh,
0: find the combis are really great for focaccia. I've had some phenomenal it. success with, with my combi.
1: I, I love it, and we're uh, as soon as we open up, we're going to start doing combi cooking classes because. Um, you know, I heard a number that there's about uh, 80% of the restaurants in Europe have a combi oven, and it's only about 15% here in the United States. Oh, so it's, very, uh, yeah. there's
0: a, it's a great way to cook. Well, it's a, it's another tool that expands the repertoire of the, of the uh, operation. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, I'm going go to take you to the door now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a magic door. What's happening here? Oh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully these guys are all
1: dressed back here. but <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got the phone right. back here.
1: Hey, Anthony, how are you hey, saying? Anthony.
0: <laughs> Good to see you. It's Anthony. Right, how are we
1: doing? It's Footy Frank. Hey, thank you, Frank. What are you guys making over here? A little tiramisu. Tiramisu. This is for the uh, curbside pickup menu. We're wow. still in uh, Lady Fingers over here. Do you, do you sell those by the
0: tray or by the piece? These are going by the tray. Wow. So it's going to work. To, well, who, who's buying trays of tiramisu? Restaurants, cafes. Or who's open? What are people?
1: pick pickup. Take home just, meat. They're just taking them home. Yeah. When they talk about in Chicago, when they talk about flattening the curve, it's the curve of your belly that you're going to try to lose after <laughs> right <to> the <laughs> but, but
0: what does a tray of tiramisu sell for?
1: Uh, I don't know. What, what we sell it's ten dollars, but it's a serve for in your house probably two. In my house maybe one. Yeah, right, right, right. I know. That's awesome. That's, that's but, a pretty cool thing. Well, we've gone to full scratch kitchen over here. There's not, you know, we're not opening cans and scooping and dumping over here. Everything is made from scratch. Um, I've got another old friend of mine. This is uh, my buddy, Danny. Danny, say hi to Peter Reinhardt. Hey, Danny. <laughs> How's it going? Danny used to work with me downtown many years ago uh, at another famous chain, a uh, big restaurant chain. He was one of the corporate chefs with me. And uh, I was able to snag him and bring him over here and cook. Are you allowed to say that? Are, are you allowed to say the name of the chain? Danny also uh, is a Johnson and Wales graduate. Uh, well, sure. that's something we have in common. So <laughs> you're not allowed to say the name of the chain where he was working. So, no, we used to work for uh, Francesca's, Francesca's Restaurant Group, Francesca. and uh, they have about 26 restaurants worldwide. Wow. And um, the uh, the the great uh, thing about that is that we had a lot of these little side concepts that were like uh, one offs. And well, yeah. they started as one-offs, and now they're turned into chains. But we got to do a lot of those one-off uh, deals and uh, and turn them into, into really cool places. So, so you Danny, were doing, like, the
0: R&D, R&D for them, huh? Menu yeah.
1: yeah. Danny's a warrior in the kitchen. I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to go to battle with somebody in the kitchen, he's one of the first guys on the line with me. What is Danny making now with all those um, eggs? Say, I don't know what he's making. We'll see when he comes out. When he comes so back out. Yeah. Ma- making out uh, on We do uh, stretch made. They're about the size of a softball. And uh, oh. we do giant what are you making right now? I'm just making the egg wash and then I'm gonna start building for arancini. Yes. Do you have any already built? No. Uh
0: yeah, I think we have let's see, we so you sell those curbside also then. People are just coming and buying
1: Yeah, we uh, we do uh, you know, we we change the menu once a week. And uh, I, I you know, people say like, Oh, you know, I, I missed this last week, can we do it again? And I think for us, it's really about uh, not, getting, uh, not getting bored, you know, cooking the same thing all week long and we change right. it up. But it really is a cool experience. Look at these, look at these Arancini. Holy, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a family size huh? uh, rice ball there. Yeah.
1: And we're using uh, uh, Carnaroli rice, you know, risotto rice uh, from uh, Acarallo. And um, we're using uh, saffron to make that rice. We've got a, a, a bolognese sauce that cooks for about six hours with three types of meat in it the right way. And, uh, you know, to have that much work go into an Arancini, right? These are uh, th- these are some of the things that when people like have these, you know, we tell them like, you better get a couple extra because they're not going to make it on the car ride home. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this, uh, is, uh, this is our kitchen here. And uh, okay. again, you know, being that we're a school, we have a lot of uh, small wares around and you can see we're, we're built to do, you know, multiple of everything, you know. So if you come here to take a class, you're going to get uh, the experience of actually cooking uh, by hand. You're going to cook along with us. Everybody would get their own setup. I'm going to take you into the dough room right now. This is my favorite place to the Sure. Dough I love the this dough is room. Where I, uh, this is where I quarantine
0: myself. And, and one of the things that uh, I'll point out to, to right behind you is that, uh, so many different types of flour that you keep there so that you can show people... Not about yeah. no how they work differently, but how each ones are maybe particularly suited for a particular
1: product. Right, and this is uh, this isn't even all of it because then I've got stuff. Uh, there's 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 flour everywhere. I've got bins. I've got dry storage in the back of this place, and uh, it, it just there's probably I think today I probably have about twenty two different types of flour in here from all over the United States, all over Italy, um, all different mills, and it's really a, you know the great thing about you know people saying. You know, we know we're not gonna call it out. There's a lot of politics in our world, right? Sure. And a lot of times it comes down to like you know what flour mill you support and all that. And I think that you know, you were the probably one of the first people to teach me that lesson that if we're going to be educators, we need to really stay neutral and we need to teach everything, right? And that's really the stand I took. Yeah, I have. The, the, the types of ingredients that I go to like for my own things you know when I'm gonna do my own work but for students coming here we it's really about teaching them um, why a certain flour is great and not just because of the marketing on the front of the label yeah. it's really about what's inside the bag
0: exactly and and I think what we love to do is bring you back for another, Whole separate show where we talk a little bit. Maybe you do a little dough mixing for us, or, or do a little demo for us to teach us. Give us a, a little taste of a lesson, but also maybe have you sit with our with our uh, dough our dough panel. I call them the Yodis, our pizza Yodis, where, where we talk about these issues. We take questions and answers from 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 our viewers and uh, and have you guys kind of debate over things like that. And one of the questions that comes up a lot is, you know, how do we understand the differences in the different functionality of flour? and which flower is most appropriate for which products. And we'd love to have you chime in on those conversations as well. Yeah, so, because uh, we can't cover it all with you. We could spend, you know, uh, probably days yeah. every single day for for two months and still not cover everything. So we want right. to keep bringing you back as often as you're able to come back and join us.
1: I would and, love that. That's yeah, and, you know, so we got you know uh, we've got all four types of machines in here. I've got uh, an old ha- uh, uh, Hobart from the '60s, an L800. I've got a fork style mixer right here, right behind me. Um, I've got two spirals uh, right behind me, and then a diving arm in the corner. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got uh, water controls. Yeah, we, uh, you know we could take water out of the wall by temperature because there's a water chiller on the opposite side, as well as a booster heater right above us. And then, uh, you know, portion water out by weight. Uh, We don't teach our classes by just pushing a button. We make everybody weigh everything out. But, you know, a lot of our big, uh, the manufacturers that come in here, those operating big bakeries and that sort of thing, this is exactly the setup that you'd see in a commercial bakery. And uh, this room is all climate, humidity controlled. It's all sealed. So we've really built a bubble uh, inside of this room. Well, before we leave,
0: because we're 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 almost out of time for today, but we're definitely bringing you back for another another session because we're learning something. So I want I want to leave with maybe one Q and A moment because uh, this comes up a lot. Is uh, I see you had that water that water system back there, you know, and so can you talk uh, briefly about your discoveries in terms of the importance of water from different regions and how it affects the dough.
1: So you know, this was one of the things that everybody asked since the beginning because, you know, I'm from Chicago. My partner is born and raised in Queens, New York. And, uh, you know, parents came from uh, Long Island. They were all over New York. And uh, we always talk about water, right? As a baker, I talk about the importance of water and what it does to the structure of our dough. So, you know, if we were talking about New York water, New York water is great because that water is coming down from the Adirondacks, you know, so you've got a natural filtration process that happens. And that's why the water is so good in New York. But in Chicago, we also have a great source of water with Lake Michigan that our water comes actually down from Canada. And it's that same kind of thing that happens, fresh water coming from Canada. The only problem that I have in Chicago is that we have a lot of chlorine in our water. So when we opened the school, my big focus was gonna be, let's get the chlorine out of the water. And I could have easily gone with a reverse osmosis system, but I was approached by a company that manufactures uh, these water systems. And they, um, you know, they started talking about um, changing the composition of water. So if I'm creating a, a brand here in Chicago and I decide to take that across the United States, now I can have one setup of this filtration system, take that anywhere I go and I'll have the same exact water no matter where I go with it, right? So that was pretty cool to me. Well, you've, you've traveled all
0: over the world and made pizza all over the world and other products. Are you? Can you tell the difference? You know, does your palate discern the difference between uh, dough made, let's say, in Italy with Italian water versus the New York water versus the Chicago water? You know, and
1: this is another part of the argument that, uh, that we get into, so each place that we go or what's considered traditional in these styles, right? You have to remember that the water is also traditional for that style. So for example, I'm going to talk about Tony again, Gemignani. When Tony, went and he won the Naples cup, one of the things that he talks about when he won in Italy was that All these guys were going to Naples and using bottled water. And Tony's like, why would I use bottled water when everybody here uses water right out of their tap? Because that's, again, what they're going to recognize is this is our traditional pizza. And it's that kind of mentality that makes that pizza great, right? Now, here in Chicago, if that chlorine is in the water, the Chicago-style pizza was created with that chlorine in the water. And it affected the structure a certain way. So there is times when we talk about, leave the water alone, just like in New York. It's one of those things like sacrilege if you talk about bad about New York water and pizza, right? So I, I think that that's really one of those main things that we have to it's really important. But as understanding water and what it affects, uh, how it affects the, the, the crumb or the cell structure of our dose, um it does make a difference. So if you have a lot of uh, minerals and things in the water, that can definitely create stickiness. It can create uh, uh, a more compact uh, uh, crumb. And, you know, I, I don't have to tell you, but uh, well, there's, there's a lot of truth to it.
0: It's a debate that could rage for, you know, for hours and hours and, and get five people in a room and get six different opinions about it. But it's important to understand sort of, the foundation of it and this is helpful uh and i think it's a great place to leave it today because uh we'll we'll leave with a lesson for today but we'll bring you back for more similar type lessons uh as because leo is really a master of many styles uh and is now becoming a master teacher as well as a master uh cook and and product developer so uh, thank you Leo so much for the time you spent with us today for giving us a tour of your school uh, we will put a link on our website on pizzaquest.com for how to see the video that Leo talked about in the last episode the the uh, YouTube video of him making what is it a, a, a Chicago, stuff Chicago pie?
1: Pizza. yeah stuffed pizza it's got oh. 1.2 million views it's crazy over a
0: million views uh, of his stuff. So we want people to see that and also a link back to the school and ways that people can reach you if they want to get your, your schedule uh, and also see any other. You've got a lot of presence uh, on YouTube and on you've got a YouTube channel now. Yeah. So YouTube
1: channel is under North American pizza and culinary Academy. So search pizza culinary Academy. You can also search for the school all across social media by searching pizza culinary Academy. You can find me at ask Leo pizza all over social media. And uh, it's just that simple. I I just want to share with everybody what I know. And uh, you know, again, those of you who are interested in coming to take a course, you can see our, our website has a full list of those classes at W www.pizzaculinaryacademy.com beautiful I'm with Leo Spazieri. I'm Peter Reinhart you're on Pizza Talk
0: presented by Pizza Quest thanks for joining us we'll see you next time thank you so much for having me Peter Pizza Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer and more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community subscribe to the shows you like tell your friends and please join the hrn family by becoming a member thanks for listening